Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to The Conversation, a LYF podcast series where we provide our insight, thoughts, and experiences on self-love exploration. My name is Ayla, Growth and Development Coordinator for the Love Yourself Foundation. And my name is JR, Technology Coordinator and Board Member of the Love Yourself Foundation. Hello, hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm feeling very motivated and also very at peace, which is nice. Okay. Okay. I, I was not going to think. <laughs> yeah, I was not <laughs> ready for that, but I, we're here for it. And yet again, we were here together in person, which there's something to be said about doing these episodes in person. Just it feels so much better. So thanks for coming over. Yeah. I think that talking to people in general in person is so much more personal and it feels like we're really getting down to the answers here. And it really does kind of add to the vibe of the conversation. Usually it's much easier to have a conversation with somebody when you can see them face to face. So this is good. And it's especially important for today's episode on feeling like your best self. Okay. Which there's lots to fit under here, but I really was inspired to talk about this this week as I get closer to living on my own and kind of crafting what I want my life to look like. So I'm gonna have a lot of questions for you, (laughs) but I'm really gonna set the scene here, okay? Go ahead. Like many people see the new year as a fresh start, this seems like a fresh start for me. I'm Living on my own, I have an open slate of the possibilities of what I can spend my days doing and what the decor can look like and Mm -hmm. what my food will look like. And so for me, this time frame, these past few months have really been spent brainstorming. You know, we just did the journaling challenge, brainstorming how I want my life to look like. And that includes habits, my clothes, what I want to decorate my room like, what I'm going to eat, if I'm going to go to the gym, all these possibilities here. And so I've been really considering how do I want my day to look like? And it feels very motivating. I'm very excited. I'm energetic. And I want to talk about kind of the process for me and how to set these things in stone and keep that motivation moving forward. Okay. Okay. I, I want to say that I'm excited for you and this new venture you're about to go on. I haven't been in this space before, so there are going to be a lot of questions that come up with that. But at the same time, it's exciting that you're going through it. So I'm really curious to see how everything progresses over time. 
Yes, definitely. So for me, my first thing I was thinking about, and I'm going to bring you through kind of my journey here of trying to create the best environment, both in my head and externally, to allow my happiness to really pop off. If you yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know, we've been going through this seasonal depression. And so with the weather getting better and this change going on, I'm really just excited for the possibilities here. So for me, what I've thought about is, and here's where I want to start our conversation mm-hmm. today, is the beginning of our day and the importance of that beginning. Because what I've seen just in the past from my own mini study of myself is that if I start my day off on the wrong foot, it sets the tone for the day. Right. right. And I want to know how you feel about that. If you have any sort of habits or things that you know you need to get done in the morning or you wish you did get done in the morning. Yeah, I think that this was a little bit more prominent when I was working my job. I think working at eight to five, I already knew what time I had to wake up every single day, Monday through Friday. And if I woke up not in the best of moods, that would kind of set the precedent for the rest of the day especially in the very beginning of the day was not really the prettiest at least for me so i think that definitely coming off the morning really does help and i think that what helps too is the type of routines that you put in in your morning whether that's you know if you're a morning shower person making sure you get your morning shower in if it's making coffee and the process of making coffee and that taste of coffee gives you that extra jolt or that kind of familiarity of the good start of the day Adding those types of routines for you is going to be kind of important. So at least there is a constant every single day when you're waking up and feeling that sense of accomplishment. So I know we talked a while ago about, you know, just making your bed in the Mm -hmm. morning. That definitely helps me feel achieved or have a sense of achievement. That simple act of just making sure the pillows are up, making sure that comforter is made and just turning back and be like, oh, okay, well, we did that. So we're, (laughs) we're, we're, we're starting off right. I think it's going to be important for you too. I have been really considering my morning routine because I've noticed that if I sleep in too late or if I sit on my phone too long when I wake up, it kind of makes me feel drained or like I'm dragging Mm -hmm. along my start. And I find that if I can wake up and feel like I'm getting things done right away, it doesn't have to be a whole process like writing an essay, but... I feel like it helps propel my day to feel more excited for things later in the day. So right now I have a list of things I want to do, put my Alexa in the bathroom and set a timer off when I want to wake up and just, you can set the Alexa, this isn't sponsored, but it should be. You can set the Alexa to like start playing music at a certain time. So I've considered making sure I get enough sleep and then setting that timer to go off in the morning to play my morning get ready playlist. So it starts my day off and I can get up, feel excited for the day feel the vibes go brush my teeth maybe do a little skincare routine Mm -hmm. and start my day off and so I have all these things planned out and I'm really excited for them and I want to ask you about maintaining routines okay and kind of what you've noticed with doing too much at once or how much is really reasonable to hold yourself to well before we get into that i'm gonna need to stop by your place of work because i think i need to start incorporating a skincare routine into my my morning business so um, (laughs) that's for another time but yeah i think Well, one of the things that really didn't help me out recently is trying to go to the gym in the morning. And I used to be able to go to the gym at like four o'clock, 430 in the morning, wake up every morning, no problem, put all my stuff on, go to the gym. What were you doing to be able to do that? (laughs) 
do we want to get into that? <laughs> um, that now is a harder thing for me to do. And I feel like me trying to force myself to do this thing I used to do very consistently is a hindrance, actually. Mm. And it actually stops me from doing other things in the morning because I already feel like I failed a little bit really? in, in the sense of you want to get up in the morning super early to go to the gym. You can't get up this early anymore. So why try to do anything else mentality? Mm-hmm. We had talked about this too. You had mentioned of trying to do so many things, try to do so many habits, and when one thing falls off, everything just kind of collapses. I think it plays into that mentality too. So yeah, just trying to make sure that you're doing enough for yourself to feel good in the morning to get your day started off is what's going to be important. Yeah, I think that it kind of goes back to finding meaning in the things that I'm doing, like not waking up and doing this entire routine because I've set out that that's the perfect thing to do. Because I'm like, I want to do yoga in the morning, get myself ready, meditative headspace, like feeling good. But I know that there are going to be days where I wake up and I'm like, I want to stay in bed. (laughs) So there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. So I guess it's just kind of finding the balance of when to say get off TikTok. You shouldn't have been on your phone this early. I still struggle with that. Every single day, I should never have created an account. You got TikTok? <laughs> yes. It's it's a curse, honestly. Oh. <laughs> I can tell you what's trending right now, but I can't. Like, how long have I been on that? I don't want to disclose that right now. <laughs> no, it's so bad. That what I've noticed though is when I get on my phone first thing in the morning, it really does stop me from getting my day started. A hundred percent. And we've talked previously about do we need more time in the day? And my answer was, I just need to utilize my time better. So I think my goal really is to help prepare myself to feel like I have time for myself and to scroll on TikTok if that's what I need to be doing. But also that I'm using my time in a way that when I go to bed, I'm like, well, I had a productive day today and I'm happy with the decisions I made. Because a lot of times I'm like, I didn't need to be on TikTok for six hours. <laughs> I didn't need to watch six shows of Netflix. Like True. it's kind of, that's kind of the thought process for me about really setting in stone my morning routine as I have my own space now and I'm able to wake up and blast music, whatever I want and not have to worry about anyone mm-hmm. else. So, I mean, hopefully my roommates don't mind, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> so yeah, I, my goal there really is to just set a productive morning and kind of get started. The best that you can. Right. And it's going to take a little bit of trial and error to get to that point to know what works for you and what doesn't. And like we've been saying before, everything is individualistic. So what works for you may not work for somebody else. And you going on YouTube or Instagram to get inspiration of what to do in the morning might not work for you. So definitely take that time to figure out what's going to be good for you. I will say for me, which has always been a constant is music. My day doesn't really start until I can play music in my apartment, which is kind of a strange thing to think about a little bit. Like I can't sit in silence that I have to have something playing. Mm -hmm. And it just became a habit where when I wake up, of course, I grab my phone. I'm not saying that that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I put on the music onto the little speaker out here. And I just have that going and that gets me up, that gets me going, that gets me wanting to start the day. So it could be the same for you too. Definitely. And kind of connecting it back to the topic of this episode of feeling like your best self. I think for me, the morning really sets me up to make my day become that. So for me to feel like my best self and when I'm thinking about how do I stay energized or motivated, how do I get excited for each day? It does involve playing music and getting up right away and doing my skincare routine that I have. I, if I'm being honest here, folks, oh. I haven't really created. <laughs> but listen, I'm excited too. And that's one of my goals, you okay, know? Okay. And so I have all these things and I am a little bit worried about 
doing a thousand new changes and then having them all fall off. But I think if I have a few core things to guide me, like setting that timer with music and having Alexa say, good morning, Ayla, Mm -hmm. and then go brushing my teeth right away and letting whatever happened after that set me up with like a propeller of, okay, you got this far now. What do you want to do next? You can do whatever. You can go eat. You can do yoga. Like you're saying, what you need to feel like your best self in the morning may be different than what I need Mm -hmm. in the morning. And so in reflecting on how do I create that happiness for myself and really allow myself to stay motivated, stay energized. Because I think the biggest problem, at least for me and what I've seen in various people, is that we have that energy. We just slept and it can quickly be depleted if we're doing the wrong things. A hundred percent. And so it may not seem like you'll get more tired from scrolling on your phone for the first hour. It's not really setting the tone for the rest of the day. And it really starts you off on that note. So I have these goals and I'm really looking forward to one I took all this time to reflect and say, what can I do now that I have the space to do them? Mm -hmm. And really pondering that and thinking about how that connects to my self-love journey, how that connects to my happiness and what I can do moving forward. Yeah, that's a great thing for you to really try to tackle and try to understand, especially for you to decide that now before you even moved out is huge. Because for me, leaving my situation to come and live on my own, didn't really know what my mornings were going to look like, didn't really know how all that was going to pan out. And it just took time to kind of get in the groove of things. I know that as time goes on too, that it changes as well, Mm -hmm. where once before I was waking up so early to go to the gym, then turned into me taking 30 minutes to meditate, did a lot of that during the pandemic. Really? Mm -hmm. And I feel like you can be influenced by your friends that are going through a similar situation too. A friend of mine, she was doing meditation when she was getting really good at doing that all the time Mm -hmm. that kind of told myself, let me try this and see how, how it goes. It was good for a little while. Definitely felt the benefits of it. But as time moved on, things ended up changing and then that kind of fell off. So it's not necessarily a bad thing for stuff like that to happen. It's just you change with time. So your morning routine will then change too. It really makes me think about how important options are. This whole time we've talked about habits and this is coming fresh off the brain neurons here. So bear with me. But thinking about how like if things become a chore, it feels so strenuous and we don't want to do it anymore and it's hard to get back on. What if instead of setting the goal of going to the gym at this time, that instead our goal was to have some sort of physical activity, whether it's Mm. doing yoga or maybe taking a walk around the block or going to the gym, that if having that freedom of choosing the kind of activity that we're doing can allow us to stay more motivated and excited for it. Yes. Because then we can kind of adjust it per day. Like maybe meditating works for you and then one day you want to do something else in that space that has kind of the same effects like journaling maybe right, right, to right. kind of take that time to sit with yourself. You know, it's something I never really thought about, but I think that sort of option in our life can allow us to find more excitement each day and allow us to really feel how we're feeling that day and adjust the goals based on that. Yeah, I like that you have mentioned that because I think we do struggle a lot with trying to stay as regimented as possible, staying on one task and, you know, this is what I'm going to do every single morning. But really, you don't have to do that one thing. You can do multiple things. You can do this on a different day and and do something else on another day. So uh, I think just even mentioning that gives people that idea of, okay, I can try different things instead of feeling like you are locked into one thing. And if you don't have this workout, then everything's just going to be done. So (laughs) 
I appreciate you for mentioning that because I get stuck in that mentality Me too. Me too. I so. never considered it before, which is like why I'm so blown away right now that that's even a thing. Because I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that either no. when they're talking about success, waking up at 5 a.m., doing the same thing every day. And I know that routine is helpful. Hence why during the pandemic, when we were quarantined, people were saying find some sort of routine each day to find that purpose. But I think that what we define as a routine has been so strict at 4 a.m. every day, you got to go to the gym, that it loses its purpose a lot faster than if you're like, I want to be physically healthy. So every right. day I want to do some activity to help my health that reminds you of that meaning, but allows you to have the power to choose, which keeps it fun. Right, right. That's so true because then you start focusing on the wrong thing. You start focusing on, did I wake up in time to go to the gym versus, oh, I'm going to the gym because I want to feel better. So it doesn't really matter what time you end up waking up. The fact that you're waking up to go to the gym is the most important thing, not the actual time itself. So yeah, it's just kind of crazy how we get caught up with things that don't matter, quote unquote, and then it ends up veering off course because we're so focused on the thing that doesn't matter. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And kind of connecting back to our feeling like our best selves. I've talked about in the past how important the clothes you wear are and how you present yourself is not for others, but for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm thinking about living on my own, I'm kind of thinking about how I'm curating a space and how I'm curating my closet. And when I say it like that, it sounds so fancy, like a little stylist yeah. moment. <laughs> But in reality, it's just thinking about who am I? Really, that's the oh. question that it's bringing myself to because it's allowing me to explore that. And I think that when I want to consider what it's like to be my best self and feel that, like actually, I've done a lot of reflecting about what kind of furniture I want and what I want the space to look like and what kind of clothes I feel comfortable in and confident in. Mm -hmm. And today I donated a lot of clothes, which... Nice says a lot and it goes back to our cleaning episode where we're cleaning out our space and I'm really excited for when I move and I'm able to look at everything and say forgot I had that yeah. do not need it <laughs> <laughs> so I really wanted to hear your thoughts on that and what goes into your mind when you're curating a space or closet yeah, yeah. I think which this is a great time for you because not only are you getting rid of stuff that you don't want anymore, didn't need, you're going to allow new things to show up in your new space. So I think that that's a really fun time because you really get to decide how everything looks, what comes into your space, what goes in your closet. So it's very exciting in that sense. For me, when I moved out on my own, I really wanted to take the things that mattered the most. And then when it got to the time to actually bring new stuff in, that it was stuff that mattered to me, stuff that made me care, stuff that I really wanted. And I think going down that minimalistic mentality too of just keeping things simple was what was important to me. So don't over clutter things. Don't put too much in a space. Even this apartment right now, it's pretty minimal compared to a lot of other homes. And that's by design. It's that I want to come home to something that looks neat, mm -hmm. something that's not too cluttered to where my mind goes crazy, especially walking into my closet. It's a little bit different now, but when I was starting out, it was definitely more thought was putting into those articles of clothing, things that made me feel good and made me feel comfortable in my own skin. I think that you having that opportunity now to start fresh is really fun because you really get the shape of what you want to look like, what you want to feel like. And all of it is the, the ultimate goal is for you to provide more self-love for you. So for you to start with a fresh palette, I think is amazing. 
Yeah, I think that it can easily become too much new. When I think about all the things I want to add to my routine, change, take away, all the things I want to get rid of, all the things I want to buy, it's a lot. Yes, that is (laughs) true, yeah. I think part of my worry is that because it's so much, I will just do nothing. Like, I'll just be like, actually, no, (laughs) and put it off even longer. (laughs) And so that's, I think, why I've spent so much time preparing, because I really want to start off on that note. So that way it kind of keeps that momentum going when I'm actually living it as well. Right. Yeah, you do make a good point about that, too, because you starting off fresh is like all of it is going to be new that it can be. I guess the goal is not to be of an excess, right? Is not to put too much in there and then you're stuck at having the same mentality that you did before you left, right? Definitely want to start off on the right foot and you want to make sure that you're making the right intentions when it comes to those decisions. So I think that you will, though. I I think you are very self-aware and sometimes too much. (laughs) You're self-aware, at least. (laughs) I mean, I get to that moment, too, of being too self-aware also. But the fact that you are in tune with who you are and what it is that you like and enjoy definitely puts you in the right space to begin that process. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes and to see what your closet even looks like in April. You know, Mm -hmm, definitely. I'm starting this new journey and a lot of you listening are not in that space. So I do want to ask you, JR, when you think about what it means to feel like your best self, what goes through your head and what are you thinking about after we're done recording this episode and how you can continue that? That is a great question. And I feel like I still struggle with this a little bit and trying to find that identity within who I am. And as people have listened in the past, there's been a lot of work to get to the place I'm at now. So really to understand what my best self looks like. On a personal level, I think it's content. And I don't even know if that's even the right word, but that's what comes to mind. But feeling content with what's happening in my life, where I'm at physically, where my head is at mentally, things that are going on that are in my control and things that are out of my control. Can I feel content? And if I can feel content, then I feel like I'm at my best self because, you know, there are things in my life that I can't control, but there are things that I can control. And if I am controlling it and doing the best that I can, then I feel really good about that. When things don't feel content in a way that I kind of can tell how things are going or how they're feeling. That's when I don't feel like I'm my best self. That's when I feel like I'm either putting a face on or I'm not being 100% authentic. And again, I've tried very, very hard, still trying to this day to be that person of honesty and and truthfulness and, and just being the most authentic person that I can be. But there are those times where things get hard and it's hard to put a smile on sometimes. Yeah, I think that's kind of the dynamic between both. I think it's interesting to connect your best self to an emotion. I never really considered that. I'm much more outcome based and that's very an American thing to look at. Like you're successful or happy if you do these things, Mm -hmm. not if you are something. So I think that frame of how we think about happiness and changing our best self and who we can be to an emotion actually kind of makes me feel happier because it's focused less on what I'm doing and more Mm -hmm. about who I'm being. And it feels much more in your control that way, I think. So flipping the question back to you, when do you 
you feel like your best self? What does that look like? Yeah, I talk a lot about, as I have this whole episode, about things I want to do and setting myself up for that. And for me, a lot of times I think that in doing those things, what follows then is that content, that happiness. Mm. Instead of me finding content, like if I can get to the content, that's my best self. It's kind of flipped, I guess, in a way. Really, it comes down to feeling like I'm spending each day in a way that I'm happy with. So not necessarily that I'm making any revolutionary changes every day or, I don't know, excelling at a job per se, but more so that when I go to bed at night that I look back and I'm like, that was a good use of my day. (laughs) And like that brings me happiness because I'm like, okay, we get to do it again tomorrow. And that kind of happiness springs on me. But I've tried to focus a lot too on feeling in the moment and focusing more on how am I grateful for this present time and finding content or if I'm upset How do I bring myself out of that and back to a more neutral state? Because I find that when I'm sad or upset about something, I'll listen to sad music or kind of relive those negative emotions and it won't help me get back to the place I want to be. And a lot of times I think we are like, if we're angry, just be more angry and it'll fix it. But really that that breaks my day. (laughs) And I I never... I've never really verbalized that to myself either, but having road rage or being upset with something someone did or said and reliving those experiences, it doesn't restore that happiness, Right. which is really interesting because I feel like the natural instinct is to keep reliving it and experience it even more so and tell other people about it. But in reality, what I want to do, and I think that in finding my best self, it's letting those things go and bringing myself back to a state where I can... Just be like, wow, that was not fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sucked. That emotion wasn't what I wanted. But we still have the rest of the day. And what can I do right now to put me in a better space? That's really cool. I think that's obviously a very difficult thing to do too, especially when you're trying to be in the moment or be mindful of an emotion that you're feeling. But I think it's very interesting that we connect those feelings to those experiences. Like you had mentioned, if you're upset, just continue to be upset. Or if I'm feeling sad, I know that this song that I put on is going to contribute to that feeling. I just, I think it's, there's a, there's a beauty in it of not knowing exactly how that's all going to pan out or how all that's going to make sense. But we do know at least a little bit within ourselves of, we can be aware of knowing we can make change of how we're feeling or how we want the rest of the day to continue, which is very difficult in the moment, but very, but the fact that you can be so aware of yourself and just be like, okay, I know I'm upset. This sucks right now, but I still have the rest of the day. So let's see what else I can do to make me feel better or to at least get over this feeling right now, which I know from personal experience, it's always kind of hard for me to do that when I'm either very upset about something or something is on my mind that really bothers me. It's really a a physical and mental change that I have. I've become very short with people, don't really want to talk about anything. The times that I've felt either depressed or something along the lines of that definitely is that way too. I'm kind of stuck in my own little shell. It takes a lot for me to get out of that. But at some point, there's a realization of just, hey, you don't want to be in this state forever. So, And it's almost like a, you're contributing to the problem. Exactly. And you keep digging the hole bigger when really you could have just been like, oh, wow, like, okay, well, I want to I wanna get out of that though. But yeah. I mean, it's easier said than done for sure. I mean, I struggle with that. And I think more often than not, I do continue to live in the negativity until the next day resets for me. But I know that it's important to recognize and feel those emotions 
parents, but I think in allowing them to continue and foster and become bigger than what it was, Mm -hmm. that's when the problems begin. I actually want to ask you a question about that too, is do you feel like living in the negativity is the norm? Is it more comfortable to be negative and upset than it is to be happy and content. It is actually. And I read a lot of studies about this in positive psychology, actually. So I do know the facts, oh, okay. <laughs> but there is something about human emotion. There's two studies that I remember. I wish I could name them though, to really solidify But one said reliving the experiences, the negativity brings a happiness to us in a weird way. Mm. It allows us to one, no other people agree. So a lot of times we'll be like, this happened and I'm so upset about this. And the person will be like, wow, that sucked. And you're like, yeah, it did. Like, thanks. You're right. It did suck. (laughs) And and so like that kind of propels it. And so there is studies that say that we do that more often than anything else. But there's one study that I remember and it said that we're more likely to share negative experiences with others than happy. And I found that very interesting, actually, because the study also said that in having the participants share happy things that happened during the day, there was a very big improvement to mood and life satisfaction. So it's interesting that like there is a correlation there between what we share and how happy we are. But in that we're like more apt to share negative experiences with others because we want others to say, wow, I totally understand what you're going through. That is crazy. Yes. It it makes total sense. I mean, there's probably more times where I've been around friends and somebody's talking uh, negatively about their work. Like, oh man, job sucks right now. And somebody else will be like, yeah, mine does too. Let's talk about it. Versus, oh, I had something really awesome happen to me. Me too. Let me talk about that. Don't really hear that too often. No, (laughs) even seeing that was like, "Mm, I I don't know. (laughs) Because I think part of, uh, at least for me personally, talking about like the good and all that stuff feels a little conceited, which shouldn't feel like that. You know, you shouldn't feel bad about talking about the good. What's really interesting for me is I feel that in a parallel where I feel like not necessarily that I'm conceited, but that people won't relate. Right. And so I'm like, I can't be like, oh, I got a new job. Like, of no, not not everyone is going through that right, right now, you yeah. know. And so it's easier to be like, "Uh, this is going wrong," and for other people to be like, "Same," than right. to say, "I'm going through the same happy experience as you." So I think a lot comes from that as well. That's insane. That's insane that it, it kind of works out that way. And I, I wish that it didn't, but I I totally understand why because people have those negative experiences more often than than the the happy experiences or at least that's the preconceived notion that that's what's happening or it's really just easier to talk about the bad than it is about the good yeah i think that some other thing that my brain is telling me that i've read somewhere is that negative experiences are more prominent to us Mm -hmm. so like we can have 10 good things happen to us in a day, but it takes one to spoil that. Right. And so it's really interesting that our brain likes to focus on those things and let something wreck our whole days. Because I've had days at work where I've been like, wow, I had a great interaction with the customer and I'm doing really good and I'm really happy. And then it takes one bad customer and I'm like, I'm ready to go home. I'm done. <laughs> you know what? I'm putting my two weeks in. This is it. I can't take this anymore. Really? And it, it's crazy that it works like that. And it's unfortunate because even if I like forced myself to ignore that and to talk about the happy, it's almost a therapeutic method in itself to discuss what's going on and be yeah. like, man, I need someone to hear about my day and how bad it's been. Right. Yeah. I just, I just need to talk to somebody, which, you know, we've experienced those moments too. And it feels nice. It just 
just, it feels nice to get things off your chest. And majority of the time, it's not very good stuff that you need to talk about. But I wonder if that just frees you up too, of just you being able to release that stuff off your shoulders to then realize the good that's happening right now or that's coming up or it allows you to speak more on the better parts of your day. I'm not sure. The study that talked about sharing, whether it's a good experience or bad, said that you your brain chemistry actually relives those emotions as you're telling it. And so in a happy experience where I'm able to share that happy experience with someone else, my brain is actually getting more dopamine as I'm telling it, which is an interesting thing to consider when you're looking at how can I be happier and what changes can I make? Because obviously, if you find a comfort in telling people about negativity, you're also reliving that emotion as well, right. where you're like, oh, that impacted me. And I didn't realize it did as much until I was right. really ranting about it. So I wonder if like connecting back or at least saying, yes, I'll complain about the negative, but I'll also talk about like a good thing that happened that day as mm-hmm. well, that that's a method that could be suitable to try or even having the journaling aspect there where you're able to write it down and let it go. Right, right. We're getting into some deep stuff. <laughs> and all we were talking about was, what's your closet look like? <laughs> But this is good. I like this and the, the fact that we can have this type of conversation and try to dig deep a little bit and what these aspects are of our lives because we just live it, you know, and I think the majority of people don't really talk about it. So I think this is really good. Yeah, I think it's interesting that when we experience happy things, it's not, at least for me, I've noticed that it's not as happy unless I can share it with some someone though. Right, Like right. if I'm experiencing something really good or something new is happening, I want to share it. And if someone doesn't match the excitement, it kind of oh. changes the emotion for me. Okay. Where I'm kind of like, oh, like, was that not cool? Like, I thought that was a cool thing that was happening. <laughs> It's funny you bring that up because when I talk to my parents about me quitting my job and doing my own business, the dynamic is totally different when I had mentioned this to friends. When I had mentioned this to friends, everyone Mm. was, oh my God, this is so amazing. You're going to do great. Everything's going to be cool. Great job. When I mentioned this to my parents. What you doing? (laughs) Like, so how are you going to make money? Or are you sure you want to leave all those benefits? And it's not to that extreme. They they were supportive of me leaving. But realistic. Yeah, but they were realistic at the same time. So it it definitely felt different explaining that to them. I was still excited leaving and starting my own thing. But it definitely tempered like you weren't that excitement. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. You weren't like, wow, I'm about to be a millionaire in a month. Exactly, <laughs> right. Which I wish kind of worked out that way. But, you know, it's fine. It's going to take more time. It's going to take more time. A year, maybe. Hopefully less, That'd be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. But it's exciting to, uh, to even think about that. But, yeah, definitely different experiences depending on who you're talking to and definitely changes the mood. Mm-hmm. And I think when we connect back to feeling like our best self, that a lot of times for me, I've found a boundary for myself of who to talk to about what. And so sometimes for me, like to be able to feel like my best self, I can't share everything with everyone because I don't want to hear those negative things and have people try to change my perspective. And I've actually listened to a podcast about this where they were saying that with, I think it was the person that invented, I think, pantyhose, if I remember correctly. Charles C. Panty. (laughs) (laughs) Another guy. I think that's what it was. It was some sort of like legging product like that. And they didn't tell anybody about the product for a year 
because they did not want anyone to tell them that it was a bad idea. Oh. And they wanted to find out for themselves and go forward and do all the process. And well, but part of it is like making sure nobody steals the idea. But that too, they yeah. mentioned that the idea of hearing someone say that's a bad idea, who would buy that, would demotivate them when that motivation is all that's going to keep them going. And I always think about that and like what I want to do and making sure that when I'm talking to people about it, I try really hard to make sure I'm not letting them influence something I'm happy about because obviously if you're happy and excited about something that's really contributing to your life satisfaction and so if you're happy about it hopefully it's something that's good and people don't need to steer you away from but in the majority of that you want to make sure the people around you are supportive or that you're letting that be something that is for yourself and I think that that's a really big step which is something that I need to know more about myself when it comes to that stuff because I am such an open book and willing to talk about anything and everything that's happening with me. I do understand that there is a bad side to that because I do open up myself to be influenced by others. I do open up myself to have my ideas swayed because of somebody I feel is either close to me or has some type of importance in my life might be right, you know, and not just following my own beat and allowing that to pull me away. So it definitely is a struggle to figure out who can I say this to or should I open up a lot? Because I mean, social media is there too, and I'm pretty open on on that platform also. So I think there is something about keeping stuff to yourself and really just having that to you you that makes it kind of special too or just only opening up to the really close of the close because you know they won't tell you otherwise whether yes or no good or bad they'll just support you if this is what you want and this which is important to have at least someone in your life to to be there that you can tell those things to know that maybe they can provide feedback but that they're not gonna try to dissuade you and they can tell you're very exactly happy about yeah. something you know it's crazy Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, before we transition to the end of the episode, Mm -hmm. any final thoughts about feeling like your best self and what you can do? Well, I was going to ask you that because you have been asking me all the questions. (laughs) I will say that in this episode. I'll give my I want you to tell the people, (laughs) how does living your best life, living your best self, being your best self, how does that contribute to your self-love. Okay, I'll start, but you're going to finish. Just so you know. Got to prepare an answer here. <laughs> I wanted it to be easy this episode. Okay. It takes a lot of reflecting. And I think that if you're on a mission, and or maybe you haven't really thought about it, and this episode has kind of sparked that in you, and you really want to know what your best self looks like and your best life looks like, I would take time, grab your favorite pen, grab a nice blank sheet of paper, And just brainstorm and think about if everything was perfect, if you had all the money in the world, what would your daily life look like Mm -hmm. here? And be realistic too. Don't act like you're going to be a millionaire tomorrow. Not that kind of I was already writing the word yacht on my paper. (laughs) Um. But I do want to be physically fit. And so kind of contemplating, what does that look like for me? Do I need to have a different gym membership? Do I need to do some sort of classes? Like brainstorming what that part of my best self looks like. And then thinking about my mental health and the kind of self-care activities I need to be doing to make sure that that stays in a positive Mm -hmm. light. And doing that in every area of your life and thinking about like, what habits do I want to develop that can make me really proud of myself. And if everything was perfect and I could keep every habit, what would I want it to look like? And that's why my brain is really like skincare routine and keeping everything really clean and starting the day with a dance and, you know, all these things. I think that that brainstorm is really a first step into developing, like, I know what my perfect life or best life looks like. And then looking at yourself and saying, how do I grow in 
my own self in my own space and internally and externally how do I create who I am in a space that really reflects who I want to be in the inside and out a lot mm. of different working parts here yes <laughs> but all good things though mm. all, all very good things and, and I was going to mention that about the physical and the mental health side of things I think you cannot be your best self unless those building blocks are established right if you don't feel good physically or mentally, it's kind of hard to live your best life. And I think it's underestimated. A lot of people think it's overvalued, but there are literal like scientific connections between our physical health and what state we're in and our mental health. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's not about losing weight or being skinny or anything like that. It's more about feeling like I'm using my body, really, and that I'm not going to be 50 and have my knees broken (laughs) because really when I'm sitting in bed all day I'm like wow I'm really wasting my time here when I really want to feel like I can do all the things I want to do Mm -hmm. and then that really sets you in a space where your mind is able to be like wow I have all the fuel I need to have my body working properly and because of that I can feel motivated to do the things that I want to do right wow I'm not going to add anything to that because this was perfect she is looking at me crazy (laughs) um what i will say though is being your best self and and living your best life is very important the physicality and the mental part of it as well is just as important as anything else but making sure that when you're living your best life it's not only just including you that living your best life also includes your close friends your family people that you work with the planet for example big one it all kind of intertwines and i think that being your best self should not be completely individualistic. It takes into account all those different factors for sure. In order for you to really envelop that self-love, you also need to make sure that you are taking those into consideration too. Which is why they say that connecting with others is so important and that you can't live alone and not talk to anybody and be happy. That's also why they say giving back to communities Mm -hmm. is so good for your health, like mental health, because it allows you to feel that compassion for others. So there are reasons for these things. And I think it all just goes back to really considering and thinking about how it is for you and how specific it is for you, because your goals, JR, and how that intertwines with the world around you is going to look a little bit different than what my world looks like. But in the same retrospect, we can still respect where each other is at and meet to the middle. And that's the beauty of it. So before we end our episode, we always like to do the special, most exciting part of the show, which is the quotes. So Ayla, what you got? So mine's an interesting one today. It's in order to love who you are, you cannot hate the experiences that shaped you. Oh. By Andrea Dijkstra, I think. This one really spoke to me. I really liked how as we're moving forward and thinking about growth and who we want to be and how that changes It's good to allow yourself the compassion to say, just because I want to be more or want my life to be different doesn't mean I can't respect or be grateful or pay homage to the life that I've been living. Yeah, yeah, that that speaks to me too. And I've talked about my past on this show multiple times, but it is something that is important to recognize and to realize, you know, just... (laughs) thought that was pretty dope of remembering where you came from where you were in your past and knowing that that is what's going to transcend you into your next life your next self or whatever that may be Mm -hmm. um that you can definitely learn from your past in order to make you a better person and to live that better life what quote you got for us my quote is change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time we are the ones we've been waiting for we are the change that we seek i heard this President 
Barack Obama. Of course, Obama. Obama. You know, I really like that quote. And it, when I was in student council in high school, yes, I was one of those. That, that quote was listed on the wall. And every time I saw it, I, it always made me feel kind of guilty. Really? It, in, in a positive way, though. In a way that motivated me. Because I feel like we like to complain about ourselves, our lives, or the life around us. But we also are not people, and not speaking for everyone, of course, but we complain and we're not also the solution. Right. And so, like, we can complain about all these things, about trash and whatever, and but also we're contributing to the problem or right. we're not doing anything to help it. And so I really like that quote because, one, it tells us to, to be that change and to do the things that we seek to do, but also reminds us that we have the power to. Yeah, 100%. I also think that it shows that we need to take responsibility for ourselves. Sure, there are times where things are not in our favor and we have no choice of the matter, but majority of the time it's it's things that you can control and that you can change and all that that you shouldn't be waiting for other people to provide that to you when you can do it yourself. So I think that this particular quote spoke to me pretty prominently just because if I want to make that change for myself, then I need to do that Mm -hmm. and not sit around and wait for other people to do it for me. So yeah, that one was really good for me. Wow. I know. (laughs) A good end to the episode. Great end to the episode. Do you have any final thoughts? I don't know, actually. This has been a deep episode, I will say that, and there's a lot of stuff that I have to kind of sit back and and think about. But yeah, I'm just very grateful to have you here and for you to create these moments of curiosity. Mm -hmm. Good word for it. Thanks. It does get me thinking a little bit and really excited for where you're going to go next. The time is coming soon for you to be out on your own and have these experiences. And hopefully the things I've talked about can help you a little bit. But again, it's your path. It's your journey. It's what you are going to end up doing for yourself. And I'm excited to hear more about it. It's like one big challenge. I'll come back and say what's worked and what hasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do a recap episode. Of course. Yes. yes. And with that, we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and what living your best life or being your best self means to you. Also, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. Thank you for listening to the conversation. And until next time, love yourself, love one another, and love this planet we call home.